So Cam Newton went to become, you know, he went to a vegan diet. And when he went vegan, his performance started to diminish. And so a lot of other uh, of the players and I guess some of the coaches and even some of the media started to circle him and say, oh, look, Cam's went vegan. He's got soft. He's lost weight. He's not performing to his previous all-pro level, yada, yada, yada. They, you know. So this is the thing, just like anything. Number one, whether you go keto or whether you go plant-based, you have to understand your body's been used to a certain fuel and certain chemical reactions for, you know, and, and, and certain profile, you know, percentage of carbs, if it's been running off glucose and carbs and carbs. It it, oh, hell yeah, it will take you months. And that's usually not a three month adjustment. That's, that can usually take a long time. That can, that can even take years. That tinkering can take years. So number one, just like keto, People go on keto and they call it the keto flu and they'll say, well, someone went to keto, they felt great for two, three months, they lost all this weight, then they hit the wall, then they felt like shit, then they felt sluggish, then they felt fatigued. And that is your body, again, your, your body in adjustment, it, just like if you move, if you move to a new country, I would say in general, no matter where you move, yeah. there's growing pains, right? And yeah. things are hard. And, and so, and the first six weeks a lot of times can suck even if you, Unless you're on an island somewhere, it can suck because you're learning new things. You don't know where stores are. You don't know anybody. Yada yada yada. You're, you know, there's usually a lot of cost up front. So your body, if it's been used to a certain amount of fats, even cook. I mean, and, and how do we know this? We know this from even drugs. We know this from alcohol. We know this from drugs. People, people's bodies get so used to drugs and alcohol that their body will fight them right. like hell to take away something that's terrible for them. Right. The human body will get used to what's terrible and shitty for it and say, yeah. how dare you take that away from me, yeah. you bastard. Um, you know, this is just wrong and, it, and your body will kick and scream and rebel like no other. If you pull poison from it, if you, if you deny it and deprive it of poison, it gets so used to poison. So that's, the, the, that's how preposterous when people say, well, when you go to these healthy diets, I didn't feel as good, I felt crappy, I'm skinny. Women say, I lost my boobs, I lost my butt, I lost my curves, I don't feel like a woman. People say all this stuff and it's like, that is life when you're gonna make big changes, especially whether they're changes in a positive direction, negative direction. When you make big changes, it's like, your body is gonna fight you. It's been doing something for years and years and years and years. Yeah. And people, people get surprised when their body fights them. One, one thing along those lines, I just want to say it so I can get on the recorder. So yoga. So I had, I had a titanium plate in my neck. I told you that. I got that from, from car accidents and fighting and football. And, and I had a door when I was younger fall on my neck. And it cracked the hell out of my neck. And my neck was never the same after that. So I got a C6, C7 fusion of the neck. And so I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm young, I don't want to be on prescription meds, and I've got my whole life ahead of me, and I've got shooting pains, and I've got this, so what am I going to do? So this was 2002, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to start going to yoga classes. Well, back in 2002, not that long ago, right, 18 years ago, like, dude, there were like 25 women and like two or three guys in a class, okay? So yoga class was like, yeah. there were not a lot of guys in the class, right? And so... I went in there and I was like, okay, yoga's slow, it's boring, I'm this ADD athlete, I need movement, I need collisions, I need, you know, I need guys being ultra competitive and, you know, and, 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 and horse, using your horsepower and here you are in yoga and you're doing these painful stretches and whatever. Well, anyway, 
So, but what was I doing it? I was doing it saying, look, someone, some people that I respect told me that yoga could help my spine, it could help my neck. And there were people that had bad car accidents that had had improvement with yoga. So I was going in there on a leap of faith. I thought, well, I have to leave no stone unturned. I don't want to be on prescription meds and I don't want all this pain. And so I went in there and the first couple of weeks, what happened? Nothing. Did I see like, did, did we wave a magic wand? Like, hey, Frank's neck is feeling, no, it didn't. I didn't see anything. I just kept going on a disciplined level. I was like, I had faith in what people had said. I was like, I don't have another ch good choice. So I went there, same thing with yoga. If somebody's dealing with a lot of pain in their body, guess what yoga is likely to do in the short term? Actually flare it up. Because you've got muscles you haven't used and your body's like, bro, what are you doing to me? That that neck is probably, you're probably likely to feel some pain there too because you're, you're forcing it out of its comfort zone. You're forcing it to work new muscles. So Americans being so short-term instant gratification have no patience to say this, even though you start something new and it actually can heal you, it can dramatically improve you. Americans are like, I tried that for a week and it was terrible. I tried that for two weeks. I tried that yoga for two weeks and, and it did. I tried that plant-based and that keto and my, I just didn't feel right, right? As soon as they can get an excuse to get out. And that's the same with a lot of the vegan. Like, vegan needs tinkering. They showed Cam Newton's diet. Like, they showed his diet in, in, uh, in one of the Charlotte, Charlotte, like, one of the Charlotte newspapers put his diet under a microscope, right? And they were like, this is what Cam eats. He went to this Mexican place and he had this burrito and this enchilada. I don't know how they got this, right? And I'm like, I'm like... First of all, looking at his plant-based, I'm like, his plant-based vegan sucks. His his diet sucks. They had Russell Wilson's diet in ESPN, right? They had like, I think it was Russell Wilson, and he paid like some Hollywood nutrition guy, like paid him a bunch boatload of money to give him like a 7,000 or 8,000 calorie a day, and he's eating PB&J and this and that. And I'm like, bro, these diets suck. Like they're, they're not even on that healthy, like, they're, they're not even on that health, and, and they have, they're paying people big money. You get 8,000 calories a day plant-based? I think he was eating like, well, no, but, but Russell wasn't just plant-based. His wasn't just plant-based, but they showed his diet. His was not exclusively plant-based, but Cam's was. But the thing you got to understand, too, is you really, you really are what you eat, right? So we are what we eat. And so we have to understand, when we do eat meat, when you look at the violence, a lot of people would say what I'm about to say is crazy. They would say, this is crazy. I don't accept the statement. You know, you don't have any proof. But I'm, I am a believer, like you are what you eat, right? You are the sum total of the five or 10 or 15 people you hang around. You are what you drink. You are what you put in your body. You are what you think. You are what you were programmed to think when you were younger, right? You are what you believe on a spiritual level, whatever you deeply believe, you are that. And so when we're eating animals, I do believe we have a more violent population. I do believe if we were eating less meat, the population would be less violent. What do I mean by that? Like what I mean by that, and this, this is where it will start to make sense. What I just said, people would say preposterous, BS, there's no evidence of that. But what I'm about to say will make that make sense. If we were to value, and I hate to sound like a tree hugging pacifist here because I'm still the kind of guy that like, there's still a part of me that's like, that, like that wants to slap a guy upside the head every now and again. There's still that part, like that aggressive Frank that is still there. Like that guy, that warrior guy that will just be kamikaze, Mad Max in a serious extreme situation, you know, like that, like kind of like that Navy SEAL button. I still have that button. 
and, and I, I don't want to act like I don't, because I do. And you can hear it in my voice when I talk now. But what I'm about to say will make sense. If we had more respect for wildlife, period, forget about eating, eating meat. If we just weren't killing pigs, slaughtering pigs, killing animals left and right, like if we were killing less animals, we would be killing less people. If we were less violent to the animal kingdom, we would be less violent to each other. Because the same people that will slaughter pigs and chickens and not blink twice about it are probably like 10 or 20 times more likely to kill a human and not think twice about it. Not say twice. That. Not, they're not going to blink twice. In fact, whenever they see serial killers in an area, right, and the vast majority of the time when they profile them, they they're always twice. looking for dead cats, dead this, dead animals. That's a warning sign, right? When you start seeing a bunch of dead cats in an area, oh, yeah. some some wacko out there starts with animals. They like to see animals in pain, die, whatever, and then they eventually get tired of that. That doesn't do it for them, and then they graduate to something else. I would say very definitively to me, there's a guy named Sam Guru, an Indian philosopher, and he talked about this, and it was like, and I agree with it. It's like, and, and I'm not saying we should never eat meat. I'm just saying, like, the more respect we have, like, like, dude, there's times where I'll see something, like, I let more bugs, like, if I, there's a fly in here, I'm going to kill that fly, right? I'm going Justin's really good at opening the door, letting, letting the fly out. Yeah. Sometimes we just, you know, the fly is just, it's annoying. It's like, okay, pick up that fly, so why are we going to kill that fly? But... I would say that if, if I can give an animal, and I've killed spiders and things, but if I can give an animal, it's weird, some things you're not as sympathetic to, but if I can give an animal an owl and a way, like, hey, I'll let you go, and you know, cricket, whatever, I'll let you go, I, I do that more and more now, and by coincidence, I don't want to fight other people nearly as much, right? So, like, I do believe that, like, we're part of, we're part of nature, I do believe violence is in us, but I believe that the less violent we are, like, I believe that the that how we like you could tell if somebody was violent like if they were kicking dogs or someone's kicking dogs like bro you you don't think that guy would kick you in the head over something if he had a chance or an opportunity yeah. or I mean he would if he's kicking his dog in the head and you know and cruel to his dog like would you trust like if you had kids would you be like hey watch my kid while I go I mean there is something to be said for. And there was, a, and, and this famous, well, I'm actually named after St. Francis of Assisi, and St. Francis of Assisi, one of his big things, you know, of course all saints are charitable, one of his big things is he was like really great with animals and loved animals. Now, I'm not saying I'm that, I'm not, I do like animals, but I'm not nearly to that extent, where this guy was like always, he's like the, the dog whisperer and the bird whisperer, but anyway, I just talked forever about that. Now you can give me, remember you're being recorded though, so don't, don't say anything uh, you would regret it. Five years. Yeah. What a moral. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I would say with with the with the meat and everything, it's not a matter of like guilting. It's just about it being the best you want to be. If you wanted absolute mind clarity, if you wanted to reduce your risk of disease or autoimmune or this, all these diseases that are going through the roof in America, like it's just a matter of like, and then it's even, it is a matter of like, how much do we want to strain the environment? And, and, um, and then even, you know, there's a farm actually, you, you, it's weird, you, you're here in Provo, so you don't realize how, how close you are to like some cool stuff, because it's like, kind of seems like it's ho-hum, but there's actually a lot of different personalities to the place. You just have to kind of, it's kind of like anywhere you know, so you have to kind of know where to go. Like somebody could go to New Orleans and they don't have the same experience as you because they don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. 
right? They just sort of stay in one little area and like, I just kind of, this kind of gets old, you know, and then you know all these little nooks and crannies of New Orleans. And like here they have one of the, one of the places I stayed at before here, it was near, it was near all these farms, right? So there were like all these farms actually fairly nearby. And so I would get up and I would go walk early in the morning and walk, and they had like ostriches and horses and they had cows and they had, um, you know, they had a lot of pigs chickens and of course you had birds chirping so it was like this nature overload right and so and so I was like thinking I mean I was going even by the cows and again it's it's just like an awakening and I was like those cows are just sitting there they're chilling they're under the sun and they're just like nice day nice morning and they're sitting there maybe in some way they're communicating with each other that I don't know of but I'm like they're gonna they're being prepared for a slaughter, like right, it's the calm before the storm, like they're here and they're just chilling. And I'm like, like, is it really worth I understand like if things get really thick and, and the economy keeps going like it's going and people have to do what they gotta do. Totally understand that's been what we've had to do in history. But I'm like, in a in a society where we really do have plenty and actually where plant based the myth of like if plant plant based can be delicious. I'm not saying like only I'm not saying there's not time and place for meat, but I'm saying people were eating five six seven days you know let's say they ate meat a couple times a month right and then five five six days a week they're eating plant-based like there's tons of ways i'm not saying this is an example of it but there's tons of ways to make plant-based delicious like just superbly delicious that's like a myth with you know you bring you get like an indian indian food or movie or thai food like you could make them you could make plant-based so like that that's a myth like the fact is people have gotten used to fake food, they've gotten used to, they've gotten spoiled with meat. A lot of the meat they even think is meat is just, it's just really low quality meat because of the profit margins, the companies can make a lot more. Sure. A lot of the antibiotics, most of the antibiotics in the world are used for livestock. Well, that antibiotic goes into your gut. And when that antibiotic goes into your gut, guess what it does? It wreaks havoc on your gut bacteria. It wreaks havoc. And guess where your immune system is? In your gut. So when you start interfering with your gut bacteria, you interfere with the human immune system. When you start interfering with your gut bacteria, you interfere with the serotonin production. Serotonin production is the chief mood enhancer. Why is someone in a good mood? Why is someone depressed? That's serotonin. Roughly 90% of your serotonin is in your gut. So when you start disrupting people's guts with antibiotics via the food, via the prescriptions, or with a lot of prescription drugs, you start interfering with the immune system, COVID-19, right? Weakening the living crap out of people's immune systems making them way more prone to autoimmune because their body doesn't recognize fake food and all these chemicals. And then all the, the epidemic suicides through the roof in the last 10 years. It's up 25%. With COVID-19, it's probably going to be up 30-some percent now because people are whacking themselves left and right in, in, in this climate. And so, but again, you go to the gut and you go to the gut-brain gut connection, the serotonin level. So anytime you start to just antibiotic, 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 and, they, and they're hiding them in the food, right, or genetically modified, genetically modified, in my theory, being things your body doesn't recognize. So the odds of your immune system tripping up, overreacting, over inflammatory response go way up in a GMO because your body's like, what in the hell are you putting in me? And your immune system thinks, fight, 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 fight. So th- this is why all this matters. It doesn't matter because Frank said so or because let's go hug trees or even though I'm talking about these spiritual things that I think matter, it matters because, I mean, don't you want to wake up every day and like your mind's clear and you don't have to worry about sure. this dude I saw this on on um, 
I was watching this thing in Seattle, and this guy had COVID-19, and he went there, and, he, and you know, they, I guess they, they did whatever they did for him. I don't know if they put him on a ventilator or whatever. They, it sounds like they did. He came back. They gave him a bill. They sent him the bill. Oh, like one point three million. Yeah, it was a million. Yeah, it was a million. I mean, yeah. now imagine that. Like, imagine if you just had the peace of mind that your immune system, which is designed to win these battles, designed, and your immune system is the ultimate placebo, the ultimate medication on the planet, and yet people eat so crappily that they don't give their immune system a fighting chance, and the next thing you know, this guy's in the hospital, yeah. and he gets them the whatever, yeah, that's crazy, you saw it too. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's just, like, I'm sure the hospital, I didn't see what the follow-up was, I'm sure the hospital was like, well, but wait, we're going to waive that, or, you know, that was before the insurance kicks in, or whatever, it's like, I don't care, like, that's just, you didn't kill the guy, if COVID doesn't kill the guy, that bill's going to kill him. Pretty much. Like, hey, you're, you're going to be bankrupt the rest of your life. So I just think that, like, on a life level, like, and like you and I were talking about, I mean, you know, you're you're going to be, you're knocking on the door 40, and like, do you want to be, you know, let's say you did marry a woman 10 years, 15 younger than you, whatever, 15 years younger, what, do you want her to have to, you want to be a burden on her and her have to care for you and change your diaper and you can't speak and, you know, yeah. like, or do you want, like, to be this seventy-year-old guy that like people are like, holy crap, you're how old? Like Jeanette. Oh, I mean Jeanette looks like Jeanette for her age. I mean Jeanette looks really good, man. I mean like you see her and she's older and you're like, wow, that's a really pretty woman who's taking care of herself, right? So I'm guessing she's she's French, uh, or she's French via yeah via Africa. I don't know which part of Africa, oh. but but uh, French via. She's got just, she's just got like this calm, this grace about her, you know, this class. She's just, yes, yes. even the way she's handling that situation with, you know, like the way she's handling that, that I'm sure that's very heart-wrenching, like heartbreaking. And she's handling it. I'm always interested in how she, she sings a lot too, and it seems to comfort her. Yeah, you know, she's always singing. You hear her, I don't know if you hear her, she's kind of hitting me. Sometimes, yeah, at home. Yeah, and I'm like... Wow, she's like, she's great at like holding up to. So this is up here. I'm gonna show you this really quick. What did I do with that? What is it? So this, they have different like cancer fighting foods. So this is a radicchio. So they have obviously all vegetables and fruits usually, yeah. especially if you get organic or your home growing or really healthy, but. This radicchio, they, they rated them like, what's the top anti-cancer foods? And and this is just overall, again, certain foods will line up better with certain cancers, but overall, uh, panoramic against... Looks like a cabbage. Against a wide range of ca cancers, radicchio number number two. Oh. This is like a super anti-cancer fighting. Spinach is super anti-cancer fighting. Garlic, yeah. onion's pretty good, but radicchio, nobody thinks of it. And actually... It, Got an interesting little taste. I gotta take this top off of it. It lasts a long time. It's like very resilient. This is really good against prostate cancer, but you have to you'd have to uh, simmer it, to boil it, and then simmer it for like 20 minutes. Then the um, lycopene really comes to life there, and that's if somebody had prostate cancer. Um, 
this this is a phenomenal one for like prostate issues, which most men over 55, 60 have prostate cancer. They just don't know it, but yeah. it's normal. And and in Europe, they don't freak out over prostate cancer. In America, they you know they they do. I, I'm with the Europeans. I think the prostate cancer is like like they say something else would kill a man before prostate cancer. In other words, it, it, it's usually usually what you get you get prostate cancer. It's like you're you you have uh, you you piss slower. You have intermittent pissing, right? Uh-huh. And and you know whatever like. But to me, I'm with the Europeans where they're like, yeah, they, they don't operate very much. They don't do chemo very much. They're like, yeah, how do you feel? Well, you got these little side effects. Yeah. How, do they treat it at all? Or no? what they? Uh, the last story I had read on that was, gosh, it was over a decade ago, but in Time Magazine. But, uh, you know, like, again, there are a lot of, there are some cancers that, like, people wouldn't even know they had. You know, we have, we have cancer cells in the body. Yeah, you ever healthiest person has cancer. So this is the danger, like one of the dangers I think of cancer is that, like if you start, you know how they say, let's imagine they start testing everybody for everything and they can tell you, you have the gene or the this or this and you have this. And so cancer really is just a matter of degree because like you just said, everybody has cancer cells. So if you, a lot of what's cancer is, okay, what can we detect on a thing? So. Right now, they say, well, we know that healthy people have cancer, but if there's cancer at the level of, if there's a growth in you that's this big, right? There's a certain threshold. There's a threshold at which you would say, okay, our, exa- our examination doesn't even test, it doesn't even catch it, right? So let's say it came to me and they're like, well, Frank, we tested you. We know you have cancer because you're a human and all humans have cancer cells and your body's constantly beating them up. But when we test you under our current, um, examination, um, you know, our current um, equipment, we don't see any cancer that's of a certain level, of a certain threshold, of a certain size, right? And so, well, let's imagine if they change that threshold and they start saying, we want, we have now microscopic, super microscopic, ultra microscopic, where we can detect cancer at more, at much smaller levels. Well, the problem with that is you could, you could start going and treating people for cancer who don't have an issue, who simply are the natural carriers of cancer that we all are and that your body would defeat. That's the problem. Like that's, that, that's sort of the catch 22 of cancer detection is like, okay, do you want to keep uh, reducing the threshold at which, no, we want to catch cancer even at, even if there's any cancer in your body, we want to catch it and we want to say, oh, we have to go in, we fall cancer in your body. Well, everybody has cancer in their body, right? This is where, this is the interesting thing like with COVID too. So I have this broken hand, right? And this is a perfect analogy for you. I have this perfect broken hand. My hand's been broken three times. So if a doctor, if I were to go to a doctor and I went to him and I said, can you please do an x-ray on that hand and the doctor has an x-ray on the hand? The doctor would say, wow, you have, you have a, uh, that's a really nasty, that is really asymmetrical. That must be really painful for you. You know, we could re-break that for you, Frank, or whatever. You'd have a new hand in five, six months. We could re-break it. We could do this. We could give you some meds. We could, uh, you know, there's a lot we can do medically with our technology now. Well, guess what? Functionally, guess what? My hand doesn't bother me. Right. But you could go under a doctor, under pure medical, uh, under pure medical detection and analysis. You'd say there's something wrong there. We could do the same thing with your spine right now. We could go and test your spine. We'll find, you know, we'll, we'll find problems at disc levels, whatever. And we could say, you know, you probably should have a back surgery because we found that. But guess what? A lot of times it's asymptomatic or it's at such a level. It's like no. Don't get caught in this matrix of prescription drugs, somebody cutting you, risk of infection, yada, 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 mental strain. You, you get, so, I'm not saying never, obviously there's a time and a place for prescriptions, there's a time and a place for surgeries, there's a time and a place 
for modern medicine and it does wonderful things to save people's lives and improve some people who are really severe. But all too often, any abnormality is considered, there's a big problem there, we need to go in and fix it. And it's like, no, because the human body can adapt to the fact that this finger is shorter than this one and that this finger doesn't even straighten and that this hand's been broken three times. The human body is remarkable at adapting, but if you put it under medical analysis, the medical analysis will say, there's something wrong there. There's something majorly wrong there. I actually would say, hey doc, I will guarantee you I can squeeze, I can guarantee you my grip is harder than your grip. I can guarantee you my squeeze power is probably stronger than your squeeze power. And yet, your hand looks really good under a microscope when they examine it. My hand's asymmetrical. This well, is the problem. You probably just argue that you could be better, right? And your own, you know, not comparing to his grip strength. But yeah. Yeah, anyway, these are the things that, that um, I think a lot about these things. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I guess it's risk reward uh, ratio, you know, uh, operating. Huh? I guess it's really just risk reward ratio. It's worth, you know, operating on and changing if, if you're fine with it, you know, just how you live your life and, you know. I think it's the power of the mind more than anything. I think it's the power of the mind and the spirit. I think that it's been getting short shrift. I think that, that people, um, a lot of people just aren't strong minded and they. They, they turn over their power to other people and to people who are experts. So this looks like it's like a, in the cabbage uh, kind of family? Kind of... Yeah, it is considered a cabbage. And, and uh, so it's, it's kind of, it's got some, you know, some cruciferous qualities to it. Um, you know, regular lettuce, I would say romaine, like that's just crappy. Like it's just not really. So it's just the outer layer that's. Uh, yeah, the outer uh, layer's gotta be, gotta be, you know, you don't want that. You don't want that, I'm gonna cut that outer layer. Um, but that's, you know, garlic is, is probably, is arguably the strongest anti-cancer. The problem with garlic, of course, is you have the side effects of, the, you know, you just walk around smelling like garlic, right? I mean, it's it's, it's delicious, but... Onion, onions too, right? Uh, yeah. Do you and, think onion, uh, I, I read this years ago, naturally raises your testosterone levels, is that... I haven't heard that with, with the onion. You know, onion is in the same family as garlic, but I, I, I don't know that. I, I would say um, a lot of what... A lot of what you know again and I'm not this is not like my everybody has their specialties you know like there's there's very few people out there I've seen that that are really good with natural testosterone production very few that I've seen I'm sure there's somebody out there but there's very few but I would say that um, a lot of what I've seen for testosterone production would be addition by subtraction so it's not always what you're taking in it's 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 freeing yourself from say stress it's getting a lot of sleep you know it's uh it's burst training right you've seen that with sprints you know that the legs you know the, the squats the explosive movements with the legs the sprints uh burst training but not overdoing it you know if you overdo the central nervous system you have the opposite the opposite problem where you know you, you, people like there's we even see it in fighting where there's a lot of fighters that have surprisingly low testosterone because they're just overtrained right they just zap themselves so so there's a there's a fine line with that burst training um and then i would just say again or not, not speaking to testosterone specifically. Well, this is what I would say with testosterone. I think testosterone is also a state of mind. So like if I'm out training, if I'm training martial arts, because there's a lot to be said for state of mind. If you go into prison, you go into prisons. I mean, look at those guys. They feed them the crappiest, probably some of the crappiest food you could feed anybody, they yeah. feed the prisoners. I mean, it's just disgusting. It's gross. It's, it's in need of reform. Like they shouldn't be allowed to feed people that, you know, like that crappy, I mean, you know, just crappy white bread and, 
hot dogs and, and, and you know and just whatever they feel like it right just, just don't. anyway you still have these super strong you have guys there do do tons of push-ups tons of pull-ups bench press to blow people's minds how strong people are and then you say well it's just genetics but some of it is also a state of mind what meaning what when you're in prison guys have, a lot of guys have to stay ready they have to stay on edge they stay ready to fight they stay ready for something to go down and that can keep sharp if you're a fighter Bernard Hopkins, even me later in my career, you know, I was a jiu-jitsu jiu player and a wrestler. And when, you, when you're training with the young lions, you have to keep up with them. So that's going to keep your testosterone up because it keeps your, your mind. You know you have to stay ready. You have to stay sharp. You have to stay stronger. You have to um, recover. You so have to Testosterone production is a state of mind. I'm not saying truly, but that's a, that's a key element. You can never take mind out of it because mental the mentality of just the mentality a lot of people are beaten before they even start they're, they're the kind of people that they're not competitive they'll they don't expect to win if they were in a fight they would they, they, they would be cowardly well they're going to probably produce less testosterone because you you want to be you want to be the kind of person that's like i'm not saying it has to be fighting it just has to be some sort of physical challenges that forces you not just physically but mentally to have a certain mm, you know, if I'm still looking, if I'm there, and even with women, if I'm still like, if I'm still like aware of women and really attracted to women, it can kind of keep, you know, it can kind of keep that rim up. A lot of guys, like if they just stop paying attention to women, I think that, I personally think that's bad for your testosterone. If you, they just stop paying attention to women, right? Like, you know, having a woman, I mean, if I had a girlfriend that was, you know, Beautiful, and we were really into each other, whatever. I think that can keep your testosterone going. It's like you, agree, you, yeah. you, you, you use it or lose it, right? And a lot of people they don't use it, and some of the using is mental. It's just like guy girl attraction. Well, what is that? What does that start with? You can say it's physical, but a lot of it it is mental. It's something about you, something in your mind is attracted to her, the way she moves, the whatever, whatever, you know, the way she treats you, whatever. But a lot of that is mental, especially when it's going to be sustained. It's mental stimulation, right? It's mentally being attracted to someone and, or something or about some other or other way. And so I'm a big believer, like me personally, that like put yourself in predicaments like what you're doing with sports and this and that. Put yourself in predicaments that force and demand you to like stay healthy, stay sharp, keep a little bit of aggression. Like don't get rid of all your like some people are so chill. There's a reason that in Eastern philosophy, yin yang. Yin yang, force flow. Not just, it didn't just say flow, like even the Stoical philosophers, I love Marcus Aurelio, I love some of the Stoical philosophy. I love it and I listen to it and I, think, and I see merit in it. But it's also misguided because it's like, well, that's great and we need Stoicism and we need to be able to flow and we need Zen states. But we also need a time where we gotta be like, we gotta lift that car, we gotta move that, we gotta move a mountain, sure. we gotta take care of these guys. There's something just happened, fight or flight, whatever. You're a football player and you got a guy lined up on you and you gotta block him and he's a gorilla. I mean, there's a time where you just gotta be like, get down and dirty and, and, and get in your inner gorilla. And so that's yin yang. It's like some people are just always gorilla, some people are just always stoical, always too Zen minded. And I think that life is the wisdom of knowing, it's the balance of knowing when do you push this button and when do you do this one. And, and also, even if you have force flow, even if you are a guy, you're aware of your inner gorilla, you can be zen out, you can be stoical. It's, it's the restraint to know, like let's say, so some guys, let's say, if, to, if you're a hammer, everything in, you know, in life looks like a nail, yeah. right? That's an imbalance. 
that's a bad idea. Like there's no restraint there. I'm, I'm a hammer, I'm a nail. I'm the biggest, I'm the baddest, I can crush everybody and do, do that. I got the biggest, baddest army, I can crush everybody. Yeah. Well, that's, that's bad. A lot of life and that balance is, okay, we're gonna make Chris as powerful as we can, we're gonna make Frank as powerful. And guess what that means? With great power comes great responsibility. It means we better have a hell of a lot of restraint. We're gonna get ourselves in trouble, we're gonna hurt sure. a lot of people. So when I talk about force, the hardest thing with force is to control it, to discipline it, to restrain it, to be to use it, to wield it responsibly. That's the hardest thing. But to take it and remove it from a guy, to me, is to castrate a man. It's not good. It, it, it hurts you on love levels, on intimacy levels, as an athlete, as a develop, as a person to develop in the full thing. Like a lot of these guys are just they're castrated. They're not literally castrated, but they're metaphorically castrated. And so I believe, like, no, put yourself in predicaments where it's like, I do still visualize of like, okay, like I told you, if I'm training, I'm like, what happens if people are acting knucklehead or I'm in a serious situation? I don't want that to happen, but I still prepare for that. And there's the gorilla in me and the force side of me prepares for that. Hopefully it never happens. I see a young woman, you know, I'm in track of two. I, you know, I still, everything, I, I just know from that reaction, like, hey, everything still works. Like, I can tell, okay, everything still works. I don't want the day to come where I don't find women, beautiful women, or women, just the way a woman, attractive. I don't, I don't want that. that. That would mean, so I've never had my testosterone level tested, but people are like, well, how do you know? You could, you know, my buddies are like, you could have low tests, and they're all, you know, they're using their HGH, and they're, you know, they go to the doctor, they get their shot, their TRT, and you should get your test up. I'm like, I can tell, because when I see somebody do something really knucklehead, it occurs to me for a second to knock them upside the head, even though I don't. It still occurs to me, like, and then, like, that aggression, that lion's still there. When I see beautiful women or just women moving a certain way, I still have. So I'm like, it's still, I'm still feel ultra competitive. I'm like, trust me, my testosterone's right. You can hear even talking, like, I'm not on any You just have it under control. Yeah. So I know, I'm not going to go to the doctor and say, Frank, you're, I don't care. Like I said, the same thing. He could say, your testosterone's low. I could say, well, test my hand. Oh, you're something wrong with your hand. I could say, well, listen, the reality is, I don't feel depressed. I still find, you know, women plenty attractive. I still feel ultra competitive. I still feel capable and, you know, as a warrior like poet on the warrior side. So I'm good. Like, and I, I can't speak for other guys, but it's an awareness, right? So it's like, but for testosterone, you know, you, you're, the sleep is huge. The sleep is huge. You know, you're, you're good about that. Yeah. Why are you worried about, well, you, I would say maybe serotonin would be one, maybe. Mm. Like, yeah, you gotta do you gotta do a little bit of gorilla stuff though every once in a while. Right? I find the exercise helps with like you know serotonin production. You know, like running, uh, going, getting out in the sun. You know, running. Sun, sun is a good one too. Yeah. I forgot to mention, great, great mention. Sun, sun is a good one. Yeah, I used to supplement. Uh, I kind of had depression. I would supplement like the five HTP. You know, and I thought I don't know if it was placebo or not, but I mean this was maybe ten years ago. And but I find that you know exercise or just getting in the sun is, is really just the best remedy. You know, naturally. Sun is a good one too. It's not take depressants like alcohol, you know, which just counteracts everything. So. Did you feel depressed before the alcohol? Or was it chicken or the egg, or which um, one? Do you think that the, the the alcohol maybe depressed you, or do you think that you were just you, you were drinking because? Maybe even chicken, chicken or egg too, you know, just maybe just being and then thinking alcohol would solve the problems just kind of compounded it, made it worse, and uh, 
Yeah. You want to try some radicchio, by the way? Sure. Yeah. A little piece of that. Yeah, it, it doesn't have, you know, it doesn't have the, uh, yeah, get that. It, does, it doesn't have the lively, you know, the, the same live taste. It just has a very, it very... It familiar now that I've seen it uh, cut. I want to say I've, I've had it in dishes, um, probably in Mexico. It's like a salad, I guess, yeah. Yeah. It goes well with balsamic vinaigrette. Yeah, salad. That's what um, you know, I'm not a big olive oil guy, but if you can get a really good olive oil, you can put... I just didn't know what it, the name of it or what it was. Yeah, it's radicchio. Um, that doesn't look that bad, actually. I a little color to it. Not bad. That's a high anti-cancer, man. One of the best. It's slightly bitter, right? It's still... Yeah, it's got a... Um, I'm sorry to talk to your ref about that, but I'm, I'm passionate. Like I'm, I do, I am passionate about like these topics that we got, and so I'm recording it because sometimes when you're in a conversation with someone, then you these things come to you, and sometimes when you're just sitting sure. around, you know, your yeah. brain revs at a different level when you're talking to someone, which is the beauty of conversation. And then when I'm just sitting around, like if I was to give an explanation or even write it, like let's say some of the people that read me or follow me on social media, like if I gave the explanation. It's not nearly as good as when that's the beauty of one on one contact or conversation or group settings. It's you like, stay on track more when you're uh, yeah. talking to someone else. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I, uh, you going to go run ball today? Uh, I'm probably just going to, I might do um, free weights. But uh, yeah, I, I think I shot like a thought. I was just shooting around for like three hours yesterday by myself. And you know, just doing, you know, I must have shot like a, a thousand shots, man. I mean, it really was playing a lot. Uh, a little rusty at first, you know, but. It comes back really quickly within like you know, 10 mm. 15 minutes of warming up, you know. It's a really good feeling when you start hitting, you know, five in a row, you know. You got to build, you have to build for it. Yeah. Mm. yeah I was going to say for anti aging, since you're, you know, you're knocking them to a 40, um, you probably already know this, but just worth repeating is the mu mushrooms, you know, saute them. Like mushrooms are phenomenal anti aging. And they're phenomenal for your immune system too. Yeah. Phenomenal immune system. Phenomenal anti-aging and blueberries, and you know that the blueberries yeah. are like brain food too, right? Like the, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, blueberries are so you know as you get start knocking on the door forty, mm -hmm. you want to be regularly with the with the mushrooms, mm -hmm. and regularly with the blueberries. You know other blueberries, other berries too, but the blueberry is the best that I've seen um, in the ratings. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you do you. Your guy, you'd be 40, 45, you'll be able to, you know, there'll be tons of women, like, tall, good looking at life. You're one of those guys who's going to do well. A lot of women don't want a guy. You know, the guys, a lot of, like, like, a lot of guys, by the time they're 45, they let themselves go. Yeah. And uh, it's good to see that you're still, you're committed to improvement. And, and even, by the way, what you just ate, I mean, like, that... Eggs and avocado are two of my favorite foods, by the way. I love that's one of my favorite breakfasts. Yeah. I mean, that's relatively compared to what most people are doing. I mean, that is that is way healthier than what most people are. Yeah, it's hard to get off the uh, the pork, though. You know, I like the... Mmm. Uh, chorizo. You had to finish chorizo. Yeah, in Mexico, yeah. That's good, too. But you feel good, though, right? You feel... You're health-wise, you feel good. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. As long as you're feeling good. Um... 
What makes you, let me turn this off now. What, ma 